Now, News Talk Radio, CJAD 800 gives you Solo in the City with Cheryl Vesner. Your guide to getting social and finding love in Montreal. Welcome back to Solo in the City on CJAD 800. I'm co-host Dan Delmar, and it's my pleasure to introduce to you your host, the founder of SoloInTheCity.tv, Montreal Socialista Cheryl Besner. Good evening, Cheryl. Hey, Dan. How are you doing this week? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know what? I'm really excited about today's topic because not only is it very au courant with the politics mm-hmm. and, and everything that's going to be happening on Monday in our great country, but also I have one of my dear friends joining us later on, uh, our secret guest, Conrad Black. Yeah, and Lord Conrad Black. Lord Conrad Black. And, um, you know, it, it's also coming off of our long weekend. It was Thanksgiving here, and I happened to be in Washington with most of my family that originated here and here we are at this event all weekend talking about politics American politics Canadian politics and it just kind of all seemed to fit in where we're going this week. Yeah, so the politics of dating this week on the show. That's so Conrad it. Black will be along in a few minutes. We'll also uh, be joined on the panel by Marlene Jennings, who's a former Liberal Member of Parliament, and right. Barbara Kay, who's a columnist with the National Post. So people with very different uh, political views on uh, on just that, on, on the politics of dating and how, uh, and how love can get complicated in the political world. And does it have to get complicated? And also, you know, it's very much about left wing right wing you know we need both of those to fly together in a relationship and move into the future so can you date somebody with opposite political views and you know that's just contrast in general so i'm wondering like you yourself Dan. i mean we all know your political views and everything would you date somebody who has completely opposite viewpoints it's hard to find someone who has completely opposite viewpoints because I'm kind of all over the place. I'm kind of in the middle. Uh, I, I, <laughs> you are. Yeah, there's some elements of liberalism that I'm really into and elements of conservatism that I'm into. So um, I don't know. I, I've dated women that are all over the place, uh, far right, far left. Um, I think it only starts to become a little bit weird. Uh, when it got a bit weird when I was dating briefly a sovereignist uh, woman. Well, that could definitely do it because, because when that's where yeah, do you live. Even? Exactly. <laughs> when we had that conversation, it was like, well, well, I mean, I just, I just, I'm just not living in the same country that you are, and so, it, so it's that that could get a bit weird. But I have heard of a lot of uh, uh, and a, a couple of high profile relationships where there's a federalist 100%. sovereignist mix, and some, and from what I hear, sometimes it's best to just maybe not go there and maybe focus just on you know uh, everything outside of politics in a relationship. Well, but at the same time, you know, we always talk about the fact that when you have opposites on any level of your relationship, about how you conquer those challenges and make it work for you, sometimes Mm -hmm. it's not best to avoid it. But you can't always take things to heart. You have to let the other person be their individual. So whether we're talking about schooling for children, political views, whatever it is, these are all things that help grow a relationship. The one piece of advice that I want to give anybody out there who is solo, when it comes to dating... You want to stick away from the political conversation at the beginning. You don't yes. want to go out on that first date. I could see you doing something like that, like getting out there and saying, <laughs> okay, liberal or <laughs> conservative? I was actually, uh, I've, I actually do that as a joke sometimes. I like to ask my dates yeah, uh, not heavy questions. No? No, it's not like... funny. Dan, I mean, we talked about this before. You got to So be what do you think right. about the death penalty? Yeah, no. no. Uh, <laughs> eh, you're out. Gong. <laughs> that um, date is never lasting the first 45 I minutes. I know, but I, I sabotage my own dates sometimes so you know that do you do that on purpose no i just i just do it because uh, i think it's uh, I, I think it's funny to see how people respond to uncomfortable questions and i think if if uh, if she can sort of take some of my uncomfortable questions right now then she'll be able to handle them later on 
Well, okay. So I'm going to say, why don't you save that for date two and I, make her want to go out with you a second time? That's before probably you good throw advice. That out. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. would think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to be interesting because everybody on the panel um, is married to people who have different points of view. Yes. Right. So for me, it's going to be very, very interesting to watch how it works within their relationships. And you know, we do know as well in the American um, government as well, they have people who are married. You had you know high profile Maria Shriver. One's Democrat, one's Republican. How did that work? I mean, we're not talking about the demise of their marriage, but you know, during it, how did they deal with that at home? And mm. I think I think it's going to be a very interesting conversation to see how all these married people who are joining us work within that in the relationship. And so our guests, they have spouses that are uh, that are some directly involved in politics and some not. That's right. uh, so for example, uh, uh, Barbara Amiel, who's who's Conrad Black's uh, spouse. She's right. a well-known political commentator and, and, and brilliant in her own right. Yeah. Uh, Barbara Kay is married to someone who's not not in politics, but mm-hmm. is, is very, uh, has a political opinions. And Marlene Jennings, uh, her husband is uh, the head of a nonprofit that often deals with government issues. So, so, so do they take it home? And do they yeah. take it home? And how does that work? And, and I think that's, again, something that we all have to look at, you know, and, and it's going to be interesting also, you know, Jess Solomon, Love Beats on the Street, she goes out every week asking people the questions of the week, and this week she's dealing with a question also, how does politics relate within your dating world and your relationship? So it's going to be a lot of fun for me to kind of see how people integrate all this. Mm-hmm. And and I, I know for myself, when we get out there and sometimes things aren't perfect, as you were saying, how do they deal with it on a first date? I'm saying, well, it's a matter of how do we deal with it down the road? How do we deal with each other's challenges and and opinions and make it work? Because it's all about respecting each other's boundaries. And how fast do we throw our boundaries out there? There are some interesting issues. I mean, first of all, there's distance because politicians work very, very hard, long hours, often travel. So there's that challenge. And then some, sometimes those political questions can translate into real world problems like, for example, religion. You know, do you send your that's kid right. to a religious school? You know, that, that's a very liberal versus conservative ideal. Um, so it's, uh, it can get dicey. Yeah. Well, you have these things on every aspect of a relationship. And what about couples who meet each other, whether it's politics or something else, and you go into your relationship or potential marriage and you have the same viewpoints and then something happens and it switches. And then you end up on opposite sides of the fence, Mm. left wing, right wing. I mean, these are all issues that we have to learn to deal with. And that's what's going to determine whether our relationship works or it doesn't work. But dating is political, isn't it, a little bit? I mean, we'll get yeah. to that, too, in, in the discussion, because th- there is some politics going on uh, in general when it comes to dating. You know, being politically correct is, is important for a lot of people. Yeah, I, well, I think that is definitely correct when it comes to you, too. Sometimes your <laughs> political correctness, you know, that first date thing again we're talking I know, about. I gotta, yeah, I'm not gotta, so politically correct, but... It. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it, it'll be an interesting chat. So uh, Conrad Black uh, on the way uh, about that. We'll also have Marlene Jennings, former Liberal MP, on the panel, and uh, and Barbara Kay, columnist with the National Post. And don't forget, later on, also the Kiss Calendar is coming up. Everybody wants to know how to keep it simply social next week. All right, so Conrad Black, our profile for this evening. Lord Conrad Black, founder of the National Post, and of course uh, his book is The History of Canada from the Vikings to Present. Uh, not exactly uh, soul in the city material, but we're going to talk to Conrad Black about dating and politics, love and politics, about his relationship. So all that is coming up next on Solo in the City. But speaking of, 
all these things that are coming up. What about some of the things that are happening right now out there in the dating world? I mean, we have so many different things happening. I don't know if you know about this, but I was just watching a show this week. Talk about politically correct or incorrect. I watch a show. It's called The Seven Year Switch. These are a reality TV show that takes four couples. I mean, you're looking at me with this expression on your face. Well, that's the expression. I mean, his jaw is dropping onto so like, the table right now. Like, so instead this of the is, itch, they're is, going for the, the switch? They're going for the switch. They take four couples who are having relationship problems, and they swap husbands and wives. Oh, geez. Yeah. And then they each live for two weeks with the other person as husband and wife, but it's an interesting dilemma because what they're really supposed to find out is what makes it work or not work within their marriage. And mm. talk about politically correct. I mean, I just watched seven episodes of the show back to back because I was totally mesmerized by the whole thing, watching them uncover what each other was getting, benefiting from and not benefiting from the relationship and what they wanted to take back. Um, I don't know. It was just a, a weird scenario to be looking yeah. at. Yeah. Would you would you ever decide to swap uh, partners for a week? No. No. I, I I mean I do understand part of the philosophy that they were talking about but which was you know identifying through what you're seeing now through what you're living now through somebody else's eyes. So right. it was interesting. So the 7 year itch I'll check that out. Yeah, check it out. Uh, coming up next Solo in the City chats with uh, Lord Conrad Black. News Talk Radio CJAD 800. This is Solo in the City with Cheryl Vesner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Your guide to getting social and finding love in Montreal. Welcome back to Solo in the City. I'm co-host Dan Delmar with your socialista, Cheryl Vesner, founder of SoloInTheCity.tv. And this week, it's all about the politics of dating, Cheryl. Politics within a relationship, politics about how we communicate within a relationship, and how having opposite viewpoints can sometimes either work for us, against us, challenge us, let us grow. And uh, that's what we were talking about earlier, right, Tom? Mm -hmm, absolutely. And uh, we have uh, our panel coming up. We'll have Barbara Kay and Marlene Jennings, former Liberal Mar Member of Parliament, on the way. We will. And But in the meantime, I'm really excited to introduce uh, Lord Conrad Black. He is the founder of the National Post. His latest book is Rise to Greatness, the History of Canada from the Vikings to the Present. It's a nice light read. <laughs> and uh, as is all of his books, I mean, this man is just so brilliant. And he's also the host of Zoomer on Vision Television. So welcome, well, thank you, Cheryl and Dan. Thank you for having me. It's Thanks. always good to be on CJAD. Thanks for oh, joining thank us. Thank you. Yeah, well, CJAD loves having you. I know you've been on Tommy's show many times talking about all kinds of great topics of history and politics. And I, you know, one of the things that I was really excited to talk to you about is, you know, you have very strong political and historical knowledge and opinions, and um, you happen to be in a relationship with another brilliant writer and a woman in her own right. We're wondering, does she ever change your mind on issues? Do you ever change her mind on issues and how you feel about things? Yes, yes, occasionally. Um, yes, I mean, it's, it's often one of us, and usually she is a little better informed on a current issue. So when we're discussing some something, some of these refugee problems in Europe, for example, 
uh, when we started talking about it, when it, when it really flared up, you know, with the, with the people flowing from Syria and Iraq through Turkey and into Europe, um, she was more familiar than I was with, uh, well, we both knew the EU rules about equally well, but she knew more currently than I did what the German Chancellor had been saying. So she held my views a bit in that respect. So they, they, it's normally the kind of um, evolution of opinion based on on greater or more current information rather than uh, a kind of moral perspective there. We're usually, not always, but usually pretty much on the same side. Well, I often talk about the fact that when we get into these conversations, whether it's political or religious or anything about the community around us, I think that two people who have opposite opinions, also it helps us challenge each other, and we grow from that. Um, I'm just wondering... And, and especially if, you're, if your fundamental relations with the person you're exchanging opinions with are very good... Mm-hmm. Uh, then even quite personal things like religious discussions can quickly become extremely amusing, we find. <laughs> and that can act uh, also be kind of sexy within a relationship because it, it, it f- fires the sexy, chemistry, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, thank you, Cheryl, it's not for me to tell you or your listeners. You can make almost anything sound sexy if that's what's really on your mind. <laughs> <laughs> that's 100%. But it must be interesting to sit down at you know the breakfast table and be able to open up different discussions and challenge each other. Uh, yeah, that isn't normally the forum for it, but, but <laughs> when we actually read the newspapers... Uh, it isn't. We aren't usually together, but occasionally. But yes, I mean that that kind of a thing happens. Yes, you know. Have you seen this nonsense? And then what do you mean nonsense? It's nonsensible to me. And then, then, then you're off and running. So, do you think it's easier though for people to love somebody or be in a relationship with somebody who have the same political viewpoints? Uh, not exactly. I think it's easier if there isn't uh, a, a fundamental philosophical difference between them. I, I think it would be very difficult between a, a person of the far left and the far right, even even if they were intelligent versions of both of those. And of course, when you get quite far out, rarely is it particularly intelligent, but it's possible. Uh, but I think that would be, I think that would be difficult, not insurmountable, if you'll pardon a terrible pun, but <laughs> unintentional too. But but it, but it would be difficult. But um, I don't think I don't think it's difficult if you just don't see certain issues the same way for reasons that aren't absolutely fundamental to your idea of, of what kind of a society you want to live in. We're talking right now about the politics of dating and relationships, and I'm being joined here with Dan by Lord Conrad Black, and who's giving us a store wealth of information here. I'm wondering, do you think right now with the the elections coming up on Monday, do you think that a lot of Canadian voters look at their politicians and the chemistry between husband and wife play into any of the emotions of voting? Uh, you mean the... The chemistry. the chemistry between husband voters and wife voters, not the chemistry between the husbands and wives amongst candidates. Well, no, the, the, the I, leaders, I, I am uh, talking the, about the leaders, the leaders actually, yeah. yeah. Oh, about about the people running for office. That's right. Like when we yeah. step into the voting Well, I, I get a little bit, I guess. I mean, it seems to me that, it seems to me that both um, Sophie Trudeau and... Uh, 
I never pronounced your name right. It's not Lurleen, but it's name similar to Lorraine. Lorraine. Lorraine, yeah. Uh, Harper are very popular, and, and they, they uh, for good reason, from what I've seen of them, they're very charming ladies. But, uh, but uh, I would imagine they are real electoral assets to their husbands. Uh, and um, I, I think I think where you get now, why this, to, to my knowledge, this isn't going on right now, or if it is, not amongst the very senior people. Though, I, though it might be for all I would know about it. But when you get rending bust ups in the private lives of prominent politicians, it, it certainly muddies the waters a lot. I mean, the most spectacular example of that I've seen in this country in some while was with Peter McKay and Belinda Stronach. But, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you, know, it, 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 you know, that kind of thing is a racier story than we're used to in Canadian politics. I mean, this isn't France, after all. Uh, what do you make of the fact that, uh, that certainly when we look at, in America, the, the spouses of politicians are a lot more prominent, a lot more at the, at the forefront, whereas here in Canada, maybe that's not so much the case. Are Canadian politicians missing an opportunity, maybe, to put their, their spouses out there more? Uh, I think if they saw it as an opportunity, they'd do it. I mean, we certainly have the spectacle you describe in the United States in front of us every day on television, especially in, in the very prolonged run-up to an election. I mean, just to watch the media there and here, you'd think they were having their election the same day we are, and it's, of course, more than a year away. But, um, um, well, it's a different culture in a way you know it's just, it, 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 the americans have the genius of the spectacle and they have they've had that since the declaration of independence and it's been amplified obviously with their domination of the film industry and uh the idea of putting out the notion that you're not only voting for a candidate but for an ideal family and and so forth is uh, is something that um the political organizers of the country had trouble resisting after a certain point. And I think from Eleanor Roosevelt on, the wives of the presidents have been quite prominent. But uh, not all of them, perhaps, most of them. And um, uh, and we just haven't... I, I, you know, the Canadians do tend to be a bit more reserved and a little more suspicious of that kind of thing. So I, I think this is one of those areas where there is a genuine difference in... Uh, in the nature of public opinion, but the individual Canadian uh, politicians do engage in those American methods. I'm not using American as a, as a pejorative word here. I mean, it's, it's, I'm neutral about it, but as, as you've remarked on the difference. But t- take your leader of the opposition in Quebec, Pelado, and his, his once again wife. Yeah, I great mean, example. Yeah. You, you couldn't ask from any American candidate a more public flaunting around of the of a party leader's wife than, than they're conducting. So uh, it varies. But in general, I think your average Canadian is a little suspicious of that kind of thing and, um, and, is, uh, and, and gets a little tired of hearing endless invocations of acoustically annoying syllables like the word mom. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I think the average Canadian finds uh, holders of great offices and the greatest power in the world referring to moms all the time uh, slightly unworthy of the successors to Lincoln and the Roosevelt's. Well, I don't know. Um, I Then what do you think we should be called? Ma? Mother? <laughs> I'll stick with mother, you know. I mean, I, mother? I, oh, my God, that's so formal. rarely have occasion to... to, to uh, 
bring my mother into things in any public discussion, although not because she wasn't a greatly virtuous and likable woman, an attractive woman, but but when I referred to her, I referred to her as my mother. Well, I, it's funny when you were just talking about... Now, I will know, say, to be fair, okay, go ahead. Sort of just to conclude the triangle. No problem. When, when you're in Britain, one is in Britain, you can get awfully tired of having... 60-year-old men refer to mummy and daddy, but that's what <laughs> We're going to have to do a show on that. <laughs> Politically correct ways to address your mother. Yeah. Well, you know what, Conrad, thank you so much for joining us. This was really uh, interesting, and I couldn't have thought of anyone better to come on the show and talk to us about the politics and how it um, affects our relationship world. Uh, Lord Black, if you can hang around for a couple more minutes, we'll add uh, the Honorable Marlene Jennings and National Post columnist Barbara Kate to the conversation. This is Solo in the City on Newstalk Radio, CJAD 800. Solo in the City with Cheryl Besner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Your guide to getting social and finding love in Montreal. Welcome back to Solo in the City with Cheryl Besner. I'm co-host Dan Delmar. And Cheryl, it's time for our big dating debate on uh, the politics of dating, our issue this week, because, of course, the election is on Monday. On Monday. Here we go. And uh, we have a great political panel. Uh, I'll, I'll let you introduce them because it's uh, it's going to be an interesting discussion. <laughs> We're joined by the Honorable Marlene Jennings. She's the former Liberal MP for NDG, the National Post columnist, Barbara Kay, who's also the co-author of Unworthy Creature. And as well, we are continuing on with Lord Conrad Black, founder of the National Post, also author, historian, and his new book, Rise to Greatness, the History of Canada from the Vikings to the Present. Welcome. Hi, I'm glad to be here. Hello. Thank you. Well, we, you know, we are talking about the politics of dating and how it kind of works into our relationship world. And no better panelists to have today than the three of you because you all have people who have political opinions, but not necessarily <laughs> all from the same direction <laughs> and with the same influences because some of you have people who are involved in politics and some of you don't. So I just kind of wanted to jump in there and ask each of you, you know, how do you think a politician's relationship influences the voters impression of them so Barbara let me ask you that one first well I I think people are very curious about uh, you know people's intimate partner who they chose why they would choose somebody like that we're all very curious I don't think in Canada we get to know the partners of Mm. our politicians in in nearly as much depth as uh, we might like in the States of course uh, people are quite obsessive about uh, the partners and uh, and the least, uh, I mean, never mind scandal, but their interests, what they're doing. Um, it's quite a big deal. In yeah, the we were just talking about that, actually, <clears throat> about how much we see more of the American uh, spouses, whereas here it's not as much there yet now. Right, Conrad? Uh, yeah, I think that's right. I mean, occasionally you get um, a prominent political couple in the United States where the spouse of the office holder isn't particularly prominent and doesn't, I mean, is active and so forth, but not much in the news. I think Mrs. George W. Bush was like that. She, You would see her sometimes, and she was very active and I think very highly regarded as a person, but she wasn't publicized much and didn't seek publicity. 
but uh, in general, I think that the office holder considers his or her spouse to be an asset. I mean, even Margaret Thatcher, and this is hard to understand over here sometimes, used Dennis a great deal. He was generally known in the conservative press as the backbone of the nation. There was a famous instance when she was renominated for the ninth time in her constituency. Uh, she went to her election meeting, and obviously it was acclaimed, but then there were some questions, as there always were, and someone asked her about her husband's drinking problem, whereupon he snuffled and snorted and shuffled to the microphone. She said, D.T., do you want to answer that? And he said, <laughs> I don't have a problem, I just like it. <laughs> it was wonderful. It was publicized all over the country, and everyone thought it was great, and he was a great man. So, Marlene, yes. your husband is is in politics or is political but not really in politics what is it like at your breakfast table what are the conversations like it can be really interesting because we're both pouring over the newspapers and he advocates on uh, for jewish and uh israel and jewish public affairs here in canada and um so he automatically wants to grab the French newspaper because he wants to see what the French media is saying about Israel, about the Jewish community, etc. And we're tussling over the newspaper. Who gets to read it first? Okay. And by the way, uh, who Lord wins? Black, <laughs> we all want to know who wins. To the National Post. So we get that <laughs> delivered as well every morning. Excellent. And when we start talking about what's the latest news, he his angle is always how does it impact on Israel and on the Jewish community and so sometimes we're although I'm you know a fervent supporter of Israel and you know was the executive director of the Jewish Y my perspective is much larger than that and so we sometimes get into slightly heated discussions about this you know and I have a tendency when the when the discussions over I move on to the next you know subject my husband likes to continue gnawing at it like a bag with a bone, <laughs> you know? So it can get a little tense at times. Uh, Mr. Black and Barbara, either one, the Middle East, I mean, can, that can cause some strife uh, in relationships when, when those kinds of conversations get heated. It can do, but, I mean, we have an interfaith marriage, but, but um, she finds my uh, support of Israel quite uplifting. I mean, it's not particularly for religious reasons, but uh, and, and it certainly doesn't imply any uh, hostility to other groups uh, for, for religious reasons. But I, the fact is, uh, you know, I, I mean, not to get into this particularly, but the Palestinians could have their state next week if they would acknowledge the right to exist of Israel as a Jewish state. There's there you a discussion go. about the borders. <laughs> but, uh, so right. Barbara and I don't really disagree very much on that, other than she occasionally sort of uh, torques herself up to imagining that she's an armed kibbutzim. I can, I can, I can envision that. Uh, well, I, I, I never quite thought of it that way. <laughs> but it is creating an image, right? You can make those discussions fairly amusing. They, they never become, uh, they never become heated in an antagonistic way. Well, I, I, this Marlene, I have to say, I'm in an interfaith marriage as well. My husband was raised as Roman Catholic, but he now calls himself a, self a Buddhist. And I was raised as a heretic. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. And, I, you know, there are times when 
there, you know, something comes out. The Union Church of Canada, Union United Church of Canada has just come out with some statement about, you know, Israel or the BDS uh, campaign. And Luciano goes off on a rant. And I have to tell him, Luciano... You mean hostile. He wouldn't approve yeah, of that, would he? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I have to say, Luciano, could you, you know, bring it down a few notches, you know? Bring it down a few notches. Well, but he's right, notches. you know. The conduct of the United Church in these matters is an outrage. It so is I, I must outrage. say I agree with him, Buddhist or not. I, I, and by the way, in our thing, not, uh, I hope I'm not interrupting here, Cheryl, but my, <laughs> it's a, I'm a Roman Catholic, and Barbara occasionally bestirs herself to utter criticisms of the great Roman Church, and and uh, but always in a very entertaining manner. So I'm, I feel called upon to refer to ungrateful ethnic groups in a equally <laughs> frivolous okay. manner. You know, it does become highly entertaining, <laughs> but it's not, it, it never puts any friction in, uh, between us. He's referring to his partner I, Barbara, he, by he the way, not right. not Barbara Kay. Right, we we are referring <laughs> to Barbara and the <laughs> because we're sitting here talking about the politics of dating with the elections coming up, and I've got on the show with me the Honorable Lord Conrad Black as well as the Honorable Marlene Jennings and Barbara Kay. The who, dishonorable. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. The um, non-honorable. I don't know. I, no, you know, all no, these no. titles, all these titles, I'm feeling a little... Well, if we're going to get into this, I'm technically a right honorable, so take that. Wow. Right okay. honorable. Well, anyway, but what we're talking about here is very much about how politics and anything can challenge a marriage and a relationship when you're coming at it from two sides of the fence, yet you've got right wing, left wing, and as I was saying, you really need both wings to fly. You know, it's actually becoming, uh, I have read about uh, that it's becoming much more of a phenomenon these days, I'm not speaking so much about politicians, about uh, young people themselves, because our uh, culture is so riven politically, uh, and because it, these are, there are so many hot-button issues, that uh, young people on dating sites will now, that you have to state your political affiliation, uh, because there are many young people that won't even go near somebody who is uh, uh, not uh, right or left, depending on their own uh, well, they kind of do that right away to establish their boundaries, and one of the that things never that, used to be in yeah, the past. In my day, in my day, yeah. <laughs> in Conrad and my day. day. <laughs> yeah, well, Conrad's day is my day. We're we're the same age. Um, it, I don't. Well, I bet your mirror spread. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we're, we're running out of time, but we're go- oh. what we're going to do is we're going to continue the conversation for just a few more minutes. It's going to be a web extra at solointhecity.tv. So hang on, please, and I'm going to ask the question. What about sovereignist and federalist relationships? That's where Can I those... was going with that. That so was that, my next thing. That is coming up next. If you want to hear that, you'll have to go to solointhecity.tv. Uh, and coming up next, Cheryl, we'll have our kiss calendar and Jess Solomon as well. Love Beats on the Street, asking people out there, what is it about their political beliefs that would make or break their relationship? We'll so, find out more. Solo in the City on Newstalk Radio, CJAD 800. And continuing on right now with uh, Lord Conrad Black on the line from Toronto, uh, the Honourable Marlene Jennings as well, former Liberal MP for NDG, and Barbara Kay, columnist uh, with the National Post. So, uh, panelists... Politics of dating. And now yeah. I want to bring it back home here because, you know, we're sitting in Montreal and we don't even have to go as far as mm-hmm. politically into the Middle East. We can just go right here to the English and the French and, and we could divide up very quickly there. And that is a big topic of conversation for people. Can we cohabitate yet we're 
coming at it from people who want to be part of Canada and want to be part of Quebec? Well, I don't think it's a problem for English people here because uh, we're virtually all on the same side. I think it is a serious problem for Francophones uh, and and always has been. I remember uh, back during the referendum run-ups, whole families were divided and certainly uh, dating couples and married people who were on opposite sides. That was a very stressful and very divisive uh, affair. Well, I can tell you from my own point of view, you know, I'm dating somebody right now who is French-Canadian but has been living his whole life in the U.S. And it's very interesting for me because we will go out sometimes with his family and one of his sisters is very separatist. So it's, uh, talk about being politically correct, we have to find a way in which we all communicate and respect each other for our opinions. Um, and it's interesting for me to even watch him because he doesn't follow that family plan that mm-hmm. that he kind of grew up amongst. No, it, it, you're laughing, Conrad. I hear you back there. You know, I, I, hear, I, I hear you were hearing, but I, I can comment on that. I mean, if, if I may. Yeah, I, no, go ahead. I went to the law school in Laval University and graduated in 1970 and then lived in Montreal or near Montreal for four years. And I, I had several very, very happy and very active relationships with a succession of French Canadian girls, and they were all separatists. They weren't anti-English, obviously, or they, right. they you know, wouldn't have worked at all. But they were, they were quite pronounced separatists. So, you know, I, it got to the. It, it was most of the time quite humorous. You know, we'd be driving along, and somebody would have a, a flagstaff on their lawn with the flag Mr. Duplessis gave to Quebec, that very the fleur de lis flag, and I would say, "Look at those raving separatists!" You see? And then she would see. A Canadian flag flying somewhere, and she'd say, "Look at those foaming at the mouth." <laughs> but occasionally, on individual issues, you could really, you could really get a, a rip-snorting argument. But in my experience, it was never the kind that reduced the affection between us. And they were, and they were quite passionate arguments at times. I mean, passionately argued. I don't mean. <laughs> and and uh, uh, but it didn't. It we, they weren't a, a serious detriment to the relations. And uh, because you know, we, not, we both respected the other's ethnic group and respected their rights to have the views they did. We just didn't agree. But it was it was all right. I can say that um, back in the late sixties, early seventies, uh, I was a, a real sympathizer of the uh, Parti Québécois. And the first election that uh, René Lévesque actually ran in was on the South Shore, Taillon. And I lived in that riding, and I actually voted for him. It was lost, fortunately. Yes, <laughs> he did. Um, a, a man that I admired greatly, however. And so when I met Luciano back in 69, here was someone who, you know, was a sympathizer of the Parti Québécois and therefore, you know, uh, Quebec uh, separatism, uh, you know, self-determination, the whole bit. And he was a Maoist. He was a member of the Communist Party of Canada, Marxist-Leninist, and they followed the Maoist, uh, you know, uh, tenants and the whole bit. So we used to have arguments like you wouldn't believe. But they were pro-separatists, though, weren't they, the communists? No, no, they were not. They were federalists. In the same way that under Chairman Mao, um, the ethnic minorities were not... They were not considered to be ethnic minorities. You had to be part of the majority, and ethnic minority rights and self-determination of various regions in China was quashed. So it was the same thing. And so a good, really good friend of ours... When she found out we were getting married, 
she she said she almost fell off her chair. She said, <laughs> I can never remember seeing Marlene and Luciano together without them arguing. She goes, in fact, the first time I ever saw them together, they were arguing. So she couldn't believe we were getting married. And here we are, 41 years later. We're still arguing. <laughs> so Marlene, well, are, are you responsible for converting him from Maoism to Buddhism? <laughs> I think I am, Lord Black. I think I am. You know. So, Marlene, did, did you did you as a couple both move to the right together over the years? I prefer to say we moved to the center. Hmm. Oh, okay. and see, I that's the right center, thinking. Center down. left. And Barbara, have have with you you and your husband, have you guys evolved together politically, or do you remain sort of separate? Uh, we 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 actually were always a bit to the right, both of us. Uh, I think my husband uh, is ethnically Russian and was so anti-communist when I met him, um, and I didn't know a great deal about world, you know, political history in those days. Uh, he was very passionately anti-communist and quite willing to be active about it. Uh, so in that sense, we weren't, you know, and then as I learned more, I, I really respected that. Um, but he remains quite right. And I would say I've drifted a little more back to the classical liberalism of my university days. Well, you know, Dan, I'm just wondering for everybody here, they have all this experience. Let's pass on some words of wisdom to Dan. Who... <laughs> me? Why me? Well, because, you know, we... We are trying desperately, Dan, to get you out there and find that true love for you, right? I mean, sure, we try all different kinds of things. Sure, it'll happen eventually, I'm sure. But I was joking with him earlier and saying that one of the things is he likes to even go there on the very first date to discuss what it is are his political beliefs. And I'm trying to say, Dan, sit back. Well, I like to put my politics out there, yeah, Pamela, because, I, yeah, because good idea. to me, I, I think it's it's good to get that out of the way oh, because it can be intimidating. I think. No, sometimes. no, Dan, uh, it, it is not a great country. no, 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 no okay. it's highly really not. Great it's foreplay. No, no, I, I think it's a great thing to do, and I think you establish uh, you establish basic principles yeah. that people hold right from the beginning. Don't waste your time. I know you're a guy that does not like to waste your time. Yes, and uh, but you're always respectful of other people's views. That's the main thing. So uh, uh, I think some. When you meet, could have different views, but not way different. But you know, different enough to have a friendly argument about. For uh, sure. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to be uh, on the fundamentals. I think it's on important the to be yep. on the same page. Yep, yep. Dan, you remind me of someone, a friend, of mine, male friend of mine, uh, uh, when we were undergraduates at Carleton University in Ottawa. And he went out on a date he'd been much looking forward to, and I asked him the next day how it went. And, the long and short of it was that it hadn't been a howling success because his chief conversational gambit had been the virtues of a permanent speakership. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> That's very particular. I'm going to throw my two cents Yes, in, please do. And I'm going to say that you don't start talking politics on the first date unless where you met was at a political event. Fair enough. You share, you try to develop conversations on subjects that allow you to determine whether or not you share the same core values. And that then, whether you then, in terms of politics, you belong or support different political parties, you've already found common ground, and then that's enough to let you know whether or not that relationship can go forward, notwithstanding the differences on a political level. So there you go. The vote is in. We've done our pre-vote, okay? You don't yeah. talk politics on the first date. <laughs> okay, fair let enough. Them, let I'll them see the, the sweet day. side of you. And <laughs> make sure, all about make sure the she's not a picky eater. 
Yes, that too. You want to talk lighten food. up a bit, I think. Talk <laughs> food. Well, Dan, Dan, Dan actually was um, uh, our guinea pig in a speed dating episode, actually. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we had to give him a lot of coaching on that one, too. So, anyway, thank you all for joining us. We were joined by the uh, Honorable, um, sorry, by the Honorable Marlene Jennings, uh, former Liberal MP for NDG, as well as Lord Conrad Black, founder of the National Post, historian and author, and as well the National Post columnist Barbara Kay, Barbara Kay, who is also the co-author of Unworthy Creature. Thank you. So this has been great, and um, happy voting, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I already voted. You did? I did. Oh, you did the pre-vote. I did. Okay, well, it no, seems like everybody vote, yeah. I know did the pre-vote. There's <laughs> not going to be yeah. anybody there vote. when I go to vote. <laughs> vote early and vote often, you mean, Lord Black? That's it. <laughs> and a note to all the listeners out there, voting is another place to get out there and meet new people. So hey, step in there yeah. with the right foot and the right attitude. Vote for who you want. Keep it secret, but say hi to everybody around you. There you go. There Thank you, you go. panel. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Have a good day, everybody. You're listening to Solo in the City with Cheryl Vesner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Your guide to getting social and finding love in Montreal. Welcome back to Solo in the City with Cheryl Besner, founder of SoloInTheCity.tv. My name is Dan Delmar, your co-host for tonight. And uh, we have our, our KISS calendar, Cheryl. What is coming up uh, this week in Montreal? Well, you know what? There's a lot of things going on in the city. But I want to start off with the fact that we all know this show is about the politics of love, how we embrace it, how we challenge ourselves, can we work with people who have opposite viewpoints, which is all because the election is Monday night. So the first thing I want to say to everybody is Monday night, remember, it's a chance to meet a lot of people. So when you step out and you step into wherever it is that you're voting, go in there with a strong feeling of wanting to meet new people and you never know who you'll meet. The only thing is don't tell anybody who you're voting for because as we've been discussing this whole show, keep your political viewpoints till the person is crazy about you and then start up with more. So get out there and, you know, start with simple conversations like, wow, isn't it great to live in a country where we get to vote so easily? And have mm-hmm. they, you know, are you enjoying the process of coming out here tonight? How did you get here? Uh, did you drive? I mean, there's so many other ways to start up a conversation with somebody. So utilize one of those. And if, you, if you're voting Marxist-Leninist, save that for maybe the fifth yeah. or sixth date. Yeah, Just, well, as, yeah. My, as we keep talking about and we, <laughs> we had our whole panel take a vote with you, Dan. We don't discuss politics on the first date, okay? So also, Sunday afternoon, cook and date. It's dim sum Sundays. This is for groups ages 25 to 35. It's at 12 p.m. You can go online and see all the location details. Again, cook and date, fantastic experience. You get to meet with a group of people. You all get to participate in cooking your meal together. It's light. It's easy. I've done it. I encourage you, Dan, all the time to give it a try. You meet great people, and you never know who you'll meet there or who you'll meet from there. So I really strongly suggest that. Also, on Thursday night, we have the Solo in the City Man Cave. Now, this is taking place at Penthouse 7. And what I love about this place is I went there, and what's great is they have these race car simulators. Guys, you're going to get to try it out. This is about networking. This is about just getting out there. It's not about meeting women. In this case, we just are 
really promoting what we talk about, keeping it simply social and meeting people within your community. So we're doing that. And as well, on Friday night, Cook and Date is having another date. It's a sushi and barbecue with cocktails. This is a little bit older group, 30 to 45-year-olds. So, Dad, um, this one could be for you. I Can guess. You guess. Something to celebrate after you voted, <laughs> right? There you go. Okay. It's um, The chef that night is David Seaman. It starts at 6.30 p.m. Also on the same night, Montreal West Singles 40 Plus Meta Group, they're hosting a three-course meal at the ITHQ. It starts at 6.30, and it's $40. And one thing about this is it's great environment because everybody is there to perfect their skills within the hotel environment and the catering industry. So you always get really innovative, new chefs there and you know they do different things where you can book even a dinner for yourself sometimes you know you can watch their schedule mm. so it's a lot of fun to to look at something like that they're students but they're highly talented very at, uh, talented and the, these yeah. are the up and coming these are people who are perfecting their skills there so you know great thing and, and great shout out to the Montreal West Singles Plus 40 group to be hosting something there and as well on Saturday night Speed Dating Montreal this is taking place at Le Bar Belmont it's on St. Laurent. It opens its doors at 6.30. It's $25 speed dating. You know, this is a great opportunity. You get dressed once. You got to look at it this way. You get dressed, you primp, you prime, you put on your best outfit, get out there and instead of just spending your time with one person, you get to meet seven, eight people depending on how many people they're pairing you up with. So you have multiple opportunities to maybe meet somebody that uh, you want to connect with on a future date. So lots of great things. And I do want to also say, while we're equal opportunists here, we are also hosting a Solo in the City event on October 30th. This is a ladies-only evening. It's called Fierce Fridays, and it's taking place at the Tripoli Dance Studio. Ladies, this is a call out to you to get out your heels and come and strut yourself, your stuff out with other women and embrace our femininity and learn to be fierce on those heels. Because if you can dance all night on heels, then you can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Um, Jess Solomon is on the way. And by the way, uh, it's solointhecity.tv. If you can uh, click on the calendar section there, uh, you'll have you all the see, events for you. Yeah, those events and many others. And while you're there, also click onto our dating site. You can meet new people there and invite somebody out to one of the events that's happening. And again, there's a great calendar of things happening all month long. So not just the ones that I'm talking about, but there's a lot of other ones happening. So check it us out. And comedian Josh Solomon takes to the streets every week to hear what Montrealers have to say about dating issues. And this week, if they could date someone who doesn't share the same political views, would they? And how would it affect their relationship? Hi, I'm Jess Solomon here with Solo in the City on CJD. Love Beats on the Street. What's her name? Camille. Camille, so nice to meet you. Yeah. Do you guys have different political views at all? Do you have arguments we, around politics? This is probably a reason why we've been together so long. We don't discuss that. Okay. <laughs> it's not a topic of conversation. So, so you could just like sneak off exactly. to vote. And you we don't just go vote. It. We don't talk about it. He knows that I'm going to do what I want. He's going to do what he wants. So you respect it. The end. I would as long as, it, as, long as they're not separatists. Um, no, I really don't want to go down that path. Okay. <laughs> do you screen people? Are you? <laughs> I do. It's a very intensive. I did background checks. I'm like, are you a Republican? Sorry, I can't do that. <laughs> oh, it's good. No, I mean, uh, I guess realistically, I would love to say that I'm not going to, you know, discriminate. But 
you know, your your political values do say a lot about what's important to you. She's very Republican, and I'm not that. And uh, so that's kind of, uh, there's some strain in our relationship. And how do you guys deal with that? We just don't talk about it. We just have sex. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. Just uh, don't talk about it. You see, and that's what Conrad was saying to yeah. you earlier. Don't talk about politics. Just go for it, Dan. Uh, listen to the extended version of the panel. It, uh, it was a lot of fun. It's at solointhecity.tv. Uh, so check that out. And uh, Cheryl, there's also the dating side, of course. 100%. And as well, you can write in your questions on the Solo in the City site. You can go to Ask Cheryl. Send in your questions. I'll be happy to answer them. And if you have a last-minute question and you're about to step out on a date, you need some advice, call me. 1-844-744-SOLO. Join us next week on Solo in the City. We're here Saturday nights at 10 p.m. on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. You can listen to all the episodes as well and lots of dating tips uh, and events and content, including, of course, uh, that solointhecity.tv dating site at, uh, at solointhecity.tv. Uh, Cheryl, have a great week. Thanks, Dan. Have a great week. And remember to keep it simply social with our events calendar and dating site at solointhecity.tv because we all know it's all about the kiss. See you next week. Out in the distance I saw You shed all my heart Skip to beat Drop to my feet Out in the woods where I stole The soul